Hall of Fame will would truly be the, the highest individual honor I can have as a as a football player. Welcome to a celebration of Jacksonville Jaguars left tackle Tony Baselli's induction in the National Football League Hall of Fame. What makes it even more special for me is I want to represent this organization and this fan base because I know it's important to them as well. For them to care that much means a ton to me. Join Jaguars.com senior writer John Hosier as he sits down with the people who know Tony, both professionally and personally. Former Jaguars right tackle, Leon Searcy. Leon, first of all, I appreciate you doing this. No, thanks for having me, Johnny O. And, I, I, you know, it's uh, I was fortunate enough to cover every game you guys played together uh, to be there throughout it. And uh, I think Jaguars fans automatically associate Big Leon and Big Bo on the two sides of the line and uh, people who were there during that era. But I'm curious if if you two, speaking for yourself, feel the same way. Is there that connection that well, fans feel between you guys? Well, there was a connection. Uh, initially, there was a competition. you got to remember when I came in here, I was one of the top-notch free agents that got the Jaguar signed. And uh, essentially, I came here wanting to be the man because when I was in Pittsburgh, uh, there were uh, my my thunder was stolen from. You had the Demonies and the John Jacksons, the Duval Loves or whatever. So I was looking to come to Jacksonville and kind of uh, you know entrench myself and mm-hmm. being the man, the offensive line guy here in Jacksonville. And I got this little you know I got this puppy uh, that just got drafted. We called him the firstborn. Uh, Tony Baselli just yeah. uh, putting in work it. And I, I, I can I can totally admit it now uh, as I've gotten older. The first half of the season. Uh, he was playing better than me. He was he was right flat out playing better than me. I was struggling. I wasn't all in mentally for whatever reason. I'm not going to make any excuses for, but I didn't play well the first half of the season. And Basella was 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 spot on all his matchups and stuff like that. And I had to I had as a competitor, and you're watching film. You have to say to yourself, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, "This guy's out playing you, bro. You need to do something." So I, I I can admit to the fact that Baselli's playing, his, his being so young and playing so well so early on kind of pushed me. And we came to competitors initially. Mm-hmm. Tony and I got into, got into like spouse verbally in meetings because I was getting jealous. He was getting all the love. And I was I was getting all the, the ridicule right, or whatever. So we had our little spats. But initially when, you know, when I got my game going and we made that nice little run mm-hmm. towards the end, uh, there, there was a bond. Because there was no one believing in us, I, I, believing in us when we made that playoff run, and then because um, I had been to playoffs four years with Pittsburgh, so sure. I, I knew what it felt like. Never to be, missed the playoffs. Never in your missed career, a, by never, the way. Never missed the playoffs right. in my career. So I know what it felt like to be in those type of those type of situations, and to see both of us perform well throughout that spat against the Buffaloes, against the Denver's, and make it to the AFC Championship game. I, I think that's where. The bonding began mm-hmm. because we realized <clears throat> we were both young, but we realized we were both special. And that, you know, having us two there solidified the line because we knew if eight was protected, mm-hmm. it gave us a chance to win. For those, uh, you know, four years, did that mentality you just talked about, the pushing each other? I know you can't speak for Tony, but. It seems like that would have pushed you throughout that time as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we 
we we we we didn't know we were doing it. We competed in the weight room. We competed in practice, and um, we wanted to. Now, be did Tony the, know how to find the weight room? Oh, uh, well, well, listen. We we <laughs> laugh about it. We laugh about it. We talked about this uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. We Tony and I were two of the weakest guys on the offensive line. Right. Okay. We had guys throwing up all kind of weight in the offensive line. Uh, I, I mean, upper body wise. Sure. Yeah. So, in order to compensate for our lack of strength, we we did extra. On the field, technique wise, fundamental wise, extra in the weight room. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the film room, studying, you know, dissecting our team. Uh, I mean, dissecting other teams and, and tendencies by defensive players and stuff like that. So, what we lacked in strength, I think we, I think we made up it mentally mm-hmm. because we, we we did reps upon reps, not only on the football field after practice, we did it in the film room. And, and watching guys and, and and breaking down guys and picking up on tendencies and that's and I, that's what that's what I think and both of us were athletic mm-hmm. we were big athletic linemen I, I think that was beneficial to us uh, especially down the road from watching both of you guys play <clears throat> you might joke that you uh, weren't strong mm-hmm. you weren't strong in the weight room on the field you guys both played strong yep. and you know maybe that translated to mentality or whatever but uh, do you think you know it, even though people considered you different, and you were different players, you had the punch that was your calling card, mm-hmm. and uh, Baselli maybe a technician, you know, or you know, a mauler. Yeah, he was a mauler. So mauler, both yeah. of you guys were, and that was the approach that both of you took with the offensive line. Even though he was known for pass blocking, mm-hmm. you know, he battled you as well, and that was a way you guys were similar, right? Yeah, we were. We both. We we didn't just want to block you; we wanted to punish you. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I I, I know across the way that Baselli, he he wasn't fine with just getting you blocked. Right. He wanted to punish you. He wanted to embarrass you. Be quite honest with mm-hmm. you, especially if you start mouthing off. Right. Because you know, defensive players have a tendency to run their mouths a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they expect offensive linemen to be quiet, and we weren't like that. We would talk back and say, "Okay, right, you could talk your game, but we coming back." Mm-hmm. And it was it was a lot of times, a lot of games. If you watch on film, that Tony and I tried to. We were like the bouncer at the club. You know, we would throw you out the yeah. club and then roll you into the sidewalk. Yeah. And then maybe you get hit by a cab. Well, no, that type of stuff. You know, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying yeah. we, we play with that, we play with that, uh, um, nasty mm-hmm. mentality where we wanted to out physical you. Right. And I don't know where it came from because neither one of us was that strong upper body wise as far right. as benching. But as football, I always say people can, I say, I always tell people, Weights don't hit back. I said you can bench as much as you want to bench, but weights don't hit back. Yep. You know, so I, I I did my necessary stuff in the weight room, but I I I garnered myself and Basali as well garnered myself on being extremely physical, and because we were both that way from the left side to the right side, uh, we expected nothing less from the guys that play interior right. over there, and we and we held them accountable to that standard that we had. I mean. You had Ben, you had Tilski, you had Waddell, you had Cheever, you had um, uh, who was the other offensive lineman that was here? Wise, not Wise. Uh, Brian was here for a little while. Demarco, yeah, yeah. Uh, early. Well, we know. held we held the interior of the yeah. offensive line uh, to be uh, as accountable sure. to the way we played or the style we played, and I think that's the reason why we were able to uh, leapfrog. Everybody looked at that '96 year and it's like, okay, they will Cinderella. I mean, mm-hmm. how do they keep this? Keep this going, right? And you know, we wanted to let people know that this wasn't no one hit wonder right. that we were here to stay. It's probably you know, it's uh, I was thinking about this as I was preparing for this interview. 
uh, a lot of great players on those teams. Uh, mm-hmm. Fred, Brunel, Tony Brackens, Kevin Hardy. I mean, I, I mean, the list goes on. But the era sort of ended and began. You got here, you guys started playing together in 96. You got hurt to start 2000. When you guys were on the bookends, mm-hmm. four straight playoff appearances. When you weren't, it was never quite the same. Yeah. So, I mean, it, an argument could be made that that tandem, you guys defined a lot what went <clears> on there. And I think some of it probably revolves around what you were talking about. I don't know that this team nationally was ever perceived as rough and tough, but you played tougher than that perception as a team, and maybe it started with you two guys. Yeah, and I, I remember what what Tom Call wanted. wanted he wanted to, first of all, team, Tom wanted the team to be tough. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want the team to just be tough on Sundays. He wanted the team to be essentially tough uh, Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Right, and and that, that, was in the, that was on the field. That was on the practice right. field. And Tom would always talk That's why about. That's you three times a day. Yeah, exactly. Camp. <laughs> exactly. So Tom would always talk about the Steelers. The Steelers were the model of toughness in Tom Coughlin's eye. And I played for him. Mm-hmm. And I knew, I knew that in order for us to establish ourselves within the division, within the respect, is that you had to out-tough the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And not, on, not at home, you had to go into Pittsburgh and beat them and out-tough mm-hmm. them. And. We didn't do that until what year? Ninety eight, I believe. It, I, was ninety eight the first year we swept them? I believe you swept them. I know you swept them in ninety nine. Yeah, I know we swept them in ninety eight. I think in ninety eight. I think you split. Yeah, but you beat them at home every year, and then it was always a split. Yeah. Well, well, unbelievable that, battles. Yeah, we had that. That was, Tom would always talk about the Steelers. That that was that was the model of toughness where we had to get to. And he emulated our practices to be tough and physical and hot and grueling, and, and that didn't mind. That didn't bother me, Antonio. Oh, you're we, from Orlando. Yeah, we, we, it's we, easy for yeah, you. Yeah, we we didn't we didn't worry about the practicing and going after people because we understood to model our game the way effectively that we wanted to mm-hmm. play. We had to implement that toughness in practice. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated uh, by the relationship, but mm-hmm. you played the position, so you understand what it t- what it takes to be great. So specifically to Tony, uh, tell people uh, who don't know football as well as you why he's a Hall of Famer. Well, well, Tony's a Hall of Famer because his mindset was either I be great or nothing. Okay. And Tony, Tony not only was great in games, I mean, he de- he demanded the kind of respect from you in the locker room, in the film room. I always say that it's not I always always say this. It's, it's, it's how you do the little things is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. And what separates the good players from the great players is the attention to detail. And, and Tony and that's what Tony was about. He was about perfection each and every day. All right. And uh, I was a good player, I wasn't a great player. And I can pinpoint to the guys who I played with that were great because they did the extra. Gotcha. They did the extra whatever on the film, in the meeting rooms, uh, in the film rooms, uh, and he he wanted to be great. He was willing to sacrifice whatever he needed to do or be to be great, and um, and he commanded that with the people that was around him. Right. And essentially, that rubs off on, my, on a lot, whole lot of people. Gotcha. You know, so he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame because in his era, during his time. Where there was some outs, may have been some of the greatest offensive tackles to play the game. You're talking about 
Ogden. You're talking about Rofe. You're talking about Walter Jones. You're talking about Pace. Zimmerman, yep. Pace, all those guys. And if if there's one consensus and you ask them, hey, in your era, who who was probably one of the better offensive linemen that play? And it's usually Baselli and Ogden. Right. Those two. Yeah. They were the pinnacle of what an offensive lineman could be. And they were the type of guys, if you watched them, if you earned the pressure on them or a sack, you earned it. They right, that's give, what you looked back on at the end of the year and said, I did this. absolutely earned it. Yeah. They weren't giving away sacks. They were going to always be in good position, always with their hands, good base, good feet, good shoulders back. And they were going to they were going to have a lot more wins than losses. Gotcha. So Baselli and Ogden are the two pinnacle guys. Yeah, I, I'm not – listen, people can say, well, Leon, you biased because you play well. You can ask – listen, we had um, we had Willie Rofe on the show, Okay. We had all type of uh, uh, offensive linemen mm-hmm. that played in that era, and we asked them, and we said, "Hey, Willie, who's the who's the best offensive lineman that played in your era?" He said, "Baselli." He was the guy they watched. Yeah, yeah. And when you have see that the what's, what makes this so essential for Baselli is that the the guys that were great that are in the Hall of Fame watched him play, right, and emulated their game off of him and Ogden. Right. That's the sign of greatness, right? That's that's like. That's like Kobe and LeBron saying, "Man, I watched Mike. Mm-hmm. I, I I was able to uh, I watched Michael Jordan right. as a basketball player. I mean, I, I, that's essentially what it is. They're saying that you ask these great offensive linemen that played in the late nineties, right. who effectively they steered their game around or they emulated their game right. from, and his name comes up. And the reason it's interesting talking to you about this because. <clears throat> Feels to me like the reason you respect it so much is it wasn't just physical ability. No. It, it it was packaged in it with it was passion, what it, was it mindset. took yeah, to yeah. get there too. The work Absolutely. put in, yeah. Because you, you first of all you got to have a disciplined mind to do. You've got to do stuff. You've got to do stuff when nobody else is watching. Right. I mean, we all get celebrated on Sunday, mm-hmm. but people don't realize the in effect what we do throughout the week that makes us great. And he was willing to do that um, each and every day. You only played four years together, but it sounds like the bond you guys have is yeah. We we that listen, never goes away. Somehow. It doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. I mean, um, we, we 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 talk, we laugh about stuff. We was in Vegas the other day. We were just we were just laughing about this uh, situations in the locker room. Uh, I remember the time we was in Buffalo and we had to play Buffalo in the playoff game, and we was at this wing place, right? And we're all sitting there as an offensive line about to eat some wings and stuff like that. And we was like, we were trying to uh, decipher on how we was going to block yeah. Bruce Smith and all this other kind of stuff. And I remember, I remember Dave Wydell said, "Man, let's screw that, man. Let's just go punch him in the mouth." Yeah, that's yes, that's you're right. Yeah, multiple we're guys have told things. me over the years we're that over, We're overthinking this right now. We're right. really overthinking this, and we're going to get our butts beat. Yeah. He said, "He said, man, screw that, all that." He said, "Listen, let's just go out there and punch him in the mouth." And I changed our mindset. Mm-hmm. We went from worrying about how we're going to stop this stunt, this, to look at the defense, we'll have to do this, this, that, to like, man, you know what? Let's just go out there and fist fight with them and see who comes out on top. Yeah, Tony told me before, he goes, that was great that had to be said, but I was the one who had to go out and block Bruce. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That is true. Hey, that um, is the straw he pulled, yes. <laughs> Something you said to me right when uh, Tony got uh, elected in January, or I'm sorry, February, was that, there really is a pride among you guys who played 
uh, together with him and yourself of yeah. seeing him go in. That that matters yeah. to the guys who played that. It does. I, I remember when he when I initially on uh, social media when he went in, I said Jacksonville, we in we in Canton. I believe Baselli, all the his teammates that he played with. I mean, although we'll never wear the jacket, sure. we we feel as that it's almost like this. It's almost like someone that you've been around goes off and gets married. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, sure. You know, we, we're going to celebrate him. You right. know, because he was one of us. And now he's he's being enshrined. So I mean, yeah, it's a good feeling. I, it's a great feeling. I mean, I felt the same way when Damani Dawson went right. in. Or when Rod Woodson went in, you know, I played with those guys. I I, I have more of a fond, uh, I have more of a fond uh, relationship or more of a fondness towards these, more of appreciation mm-hmm. for these guys now that sure. I'm older than I did when I played with them. And I, I look back and I say to myself, "Man, you were in some freaking amazing. Co- I mean, mm-hmm. in locker rooms. I mean, <laughs> you in the locker rooms with all this greatness. I mean." You're in the locker rooms with Woodson and, and Lake and Kirkland and and then Damani Dawson. Then you come to Jacksonville, you're in the locker rooms with Jimmy and Keenan and Tony and Fred. I mean, I mean, and you, you don't have an appreciation for it until right. you look back and see it, you know. Because, you know, when you're in the locker room, you know, they're just your teammates. And maybe you don't give – you're not in awe of them. But then when you look back, you say, wow, I freaking played with those guys. You know, it's pretty cool. And now to know that one of our guys here in Jacksonville mm-hmm. is going into the Hall of Fame, man, it's, it's just special to me. Unbelievable era. I, I was fortunate enough to uh, to uh, cover it and mm-hmm. uh, get to know you guys. I know fans talk to me about it all the time. And uh, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for being willing to share some of that with oh, yeah. us. And, uh, you know, I think fans this summer, and I, I think you will too, I think the moment – in, in closing, I was asking you the moment that he goes in. I've got to think it's going to be an emotional moment. Yeah, it will be. It will be. I ain't gonna cry nothing. <laughs> I mean, I will be happy for. Absolutely, gonna be happy for him. Um, you know, for him and his family. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be extremely happy for him because I mean, that's forever. And, and, and to know that uh, a guy that played across for me. Sure. You know, I call him my bookend brother. You know, that played across for me and. You know, we sweat together, we bled together, we played together. You know, it's going to the Hall of Fame, that's special. Seriously and Baselli will be linked forever among Jaguars fans and together. Leon, I can't thank you enough for doing this. We'll see you soon. Appreciate you.